Hello and welcome back to our daily devotional podcast. Well, first I have an apology to make and then an, uh, an announcement. First then, let me apologize for skipping the podcast yesterday. The truth was that I had used yesterday's passage as part of my sermon on Sunday. So when I sat down and thought about it, I said, Oh no, I've said all that I need to say on Sunday together with Sunday's passage. I've got nothing left to say on Monday. And of course, besides tiredness, I decided to take a break instead. So today we have, we look at the passage for Tuesday. But before that, I'd like to make an announcement as well. Um, for tomorrow, that's Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, a colleague and friend of mine, Christopher Chong, will be doing the daily devotional podcast. And um, I look forward, and I'm sure all of you do, I mentioned that he would do that to some of the youth and they were so excited they said they'll turn on the podcast right away. Anyway, um, he will be doing, Chris will be doing three days of podcasts for us. And incidentally, he has been the one who's been writing all the study questions for my podcast. So I look forward to him taking over for the next three days and maybe he could take over a lot more in the coming days. But that's, um, that's subbing him again. So, let's turn now to our uh, passage for today. Acts chapter 22. And we'll read from verse 22 to um, 30 to the end of the chapter. Acts chapter 22, verses 22 to the end of the chapter. Let us pray. Father, once again, speak your truths to us that as we sit at your feet and learn, and beyond that, as we allow your words and your truth to sink into our hearts and our minds, you may transform our lives with your word. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts chapter 22, verse 22. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this, that is, that he would, his call was to go to the Gentiles. Then they raised their voices and shouted, Rid the earth of him, he is not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and interrogated in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, Is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. Why, what are you going to do? he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a lot of money for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to interrogate him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews. So the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This was the second time that Paul used his Roman citizenship to his advantage. It's not very clear how he got his citizenship or why. It says that he was born a citizen. Now that may very well be that um, being uh, born in Tarsus, Tarsus being a, a Roman uh, protectorate, 
he would be conferred citizenship. But the question, the, the more important question is, how did he prove that he was a citizen? He used this in two, two events, um, two situations. The first was in Acts chapter 16, when he was in Philippi and jailed. And remember the earthquake, and then uh, they ministered to the prisoners. And after that, he and Silas were taken out uh, and pushed out secretly, privately. And then Paul said, I am a Roman citizen. How dare you just um, arrest me and now just send me off privately? If you arrested me publicly, then now declare that we are innocent and then send us off properly. And then this time it was when he was about to flog. But how how was to be flogged? But how did he prove that he was a Roman citizen? Well, there are many theories, and no one really knows what it is. Um, documents, but it's unlikely that he had documents because if he had had documents, he wouldn't have. He would have shown his documents right at the beginning before he was flogged. And in the case of uh, in Philippi, he would have shown it before they jailed him and beat him as well. So it's unlikely that he had documents. Other um, speculations have it. And the most, perhaps the most compelling one, was that he had connections. One of the writers, commentators, uh, have mentioned that, has mentioned that, uh, what mattered, let, let me quote this, what mattered most in the Roman world was a citizen's social network rather than his legal status. A citizen's social network could impose consequences and provincial governors, foreign authorities had to be aware of the consequences before mistreating any Roman citizen, especially an upper-class Roman citizen. More than the documentary evidence, what mattered the most was the citizen's connections. So it's possible that Paul had connections, though this did not save him from a trial from trials and subsequent um, execution, it did get him to high places. It did force the Philippian jailers and the magistrates to apologize profusely to him and then send him off publicly. It did cast fear to the Romans in Jerusalem when they heard that he was a Roman citizen. It's highly possible that Paul had connections in high places. But what's important is that Paul didn't use it to, to brag. He didn't use it for his own benefits. In the case in Philippi, he used it that he might save the fledgling church. First of all, he used it to ensure that this um, jailer would be saved, that his followers, that his his followers like Lydia and the others would not be prosecuted, because if he had not been established that he was found innocent and publicly released the Roman authorities may have persecuted the early Christians. But because he was publicly released and declared innocent, they then had no excuse to persecute whether it was Lydia or the other believers. Paul used that status to help the church. In this case, once again, Paul was not afraid to, be, to suffer or to be tortured. He said as much that it didn't matter to him. But what did matter was that when Paul declared that he was Roman, he was the, the authorities were forced to give him a proper trial, to give him a hearing, to hear him out, and eventually to escalate the hearings um, to higher and higher authorities and ultimately to Caesar. 
In this way, Paul had opportunities to talk about his faith, and he used his citizenship rights to do that. Paul was very aware of what being a citizen of a country could open doors for him. And it's also true that Paul thought about Christianity, of the Christian faith, as that of being a citizen of heaven. And we will talk about that very soon. But first I want us to think about our citizenship. That as Singaporeans, we too have many rights as citizens. And much of this has also to, be, to do with intrinsic things like the sense of belonging. I think one of the most important things about being a citizen is the sense of belonging. We feel proud to be in a country, we feel relieved, we feel especially at home. Some of our national songs we sing about, this is my home, this is the place that I belong. And it's, the effects of that is so true, especially when we've been living overseas. I remember studying in the States for two years, and then we went to the airport, and the system, the, the computer system, had completely broken down at the airport that day. There was pandemonium, there were huge crowds pushing and pressing against each other, and we were in a panic because we didn't know how, to, how we would even get to the right counter. And then we approached the Singapore counter. And there, to our amazement, although it should have been expected, were very, very neat queues, two beautiful straight queues um, directed by airline staff, SIA staff. It was such a sight to behold. I mean, the whole airport was in pandemonium. People were pushing and crowds everywhere. And there, in that Singapore counter, were two neat lines. Queue up, that's the answer to a whole lot of things. And we felt so at home. Of course, there were other things that were less uh, flattering, but which made me feel so at home as well. When I called, when I spoke, I was never used to the American accent and I hated it. Um, being a very Chinese Chinese, I wasn't comfortable speaking to Americans. And each time I picked up the phone and called someone um, and heard an American accent, I would feel kind of intimidated and never felt comfortable. But when I called SQ office, first thing I heard was, Good morning, how can I help you? And suddenly this sense of joy that I was home, the Singapore accent, bad as it may have sounded, it made me so happy that I was back at home. To be a citizen of a nation then allows us to feel at home partly because of the culture, of the things that are done that are familiar to us. But there is something else about belonging to a nation. It is about the economy and the privileges of that nation. This morning I was talking to a friend about who he was helping uh, some people in a foreign nation who are very poor. We talked about our, our high strong exchange rate. We talked about our relatively very high salaries. And then we began to talk about how being such a rich nation with very high incomes and high exchange rate, we could help a lot of people elsewhere. That what was a small amount, really a little bit of money for us, 
was a huge sum for people in impoverished countries. How much we could help them. It didn't even cost us a lot, but for us, a little bit of money would go a very long way to those who had very little. The privileges of belonging to a rich country, a fluent country, allows us to help others very much. And now, let's talk then about Paul's understanding of citizenship. In several passages, Paul talked about citizenship um, in the kingdom of heaven. Let's listen to this one in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. Paul says, For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Not only are we citizens of the kingdom of God, we are also members of the household of God. Now that's very important because he says that through him we have access to the Father. We need to remember that we have full access to God our Father. Many of us do not know what a father, what having a father feels like. You know, one of the biggest problems we face as Christians is that for many of us, we have not experienced the love of a father. I've spoken to many friends who have wondered what it is to be loved by a truly loving father. We struggle with this. For years, I worked in prison and it was the same problem. One of the biggest things I found, causes of criminalization, was the lack of a knowledge of a father. They just did not understand and experience the love of the father. For each of you who have never experienced a loving father, the opportunity to come to God, to allow him to show you what a father really is like, is one of the greatest privileges. I grew up with lots and lots of father problems as well. And it took me years, but when I finally found the love of my Heavenly Father, it was like the greatest discovery I ever had in my entire life. A Father who dotes on me, a Father who loves me unconditionally, who loves me even when I mess up and mess up and I'm defiant. A Father who never stops loving me. Paul understood what it meant to have access to the Father, to belong to Him. The sense of belonging is truly great because when we know that we are the children of God, there must be a sense of security, a great sense of peace. Secondly, it is also a way of finding a home, finding comfort in the behaviour, in the conduct, in the culture of that nation. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 18 and 21, Paul writes, For many walk as enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. I talked about feeling Singaporean, finding home when we were in the US and suddenly seeing a queue, seeing the way Singaporeans work. It's the same when we see the way the kingdom of heaven works. While on earth we are inundated with a lot of 
shameful, gross behavior, sinful, destructive behavior. And yet we set our minds on something, a transformation that comes from heaven. There is a kingdom where there is peace, where there is joy, where there is no longer hostility and fighting and malice and envy. We set our minds on that kingdom of a king who is loving, of a king who sacrifices himself for us. And we begin to take those qualities of that kingdom into our own lives. Paul says, set your minds on that kingdom. Set our minds on the way the king lived and the way the king taught. We spoke earlier this year about the Beatitudes, the ways of the kingdom of God. And if you need to be refreshed, then turn to those passage, to, to those podcasts that talked about the Beatitudes, the blessedness. And we learn from there the nature of our King. The King who is giving, the King who forgives, the King who is mild, who is gentle, who tells people that it's okay to grieve, it's okay to be meek, it's good to be peacemakers. That's culture of that kingdom. And we set our minds on that kingdom because it is in that kingdom that gives us peace. And as we set our minds on it, we also anticipate that we will be able to live that way. God will transform us. And then, perhaps finally, um, being in the kingdom allows us to help. Not finally, two more points. Third point is that being in the kingdom of God allows us to know the things of God. In Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 or thereabouts, the disciples were asking Jesus why he told them things in parables. And Jesus, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 13, verse 11. He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. What a beautiful thought. Each of us is enabled to know God and to know the ways of God. The world will not understand why we live the way we live, why our conduct is governed by the kingdoms, the rules and the ways of the kingdom. They're not rules that will straitjacket us or compel us or to make us feel terrible. The rules that give us joy, give us peace, that give us, make us feel blessed. Because we understand why we can live that way and why we should live that way. God wants himself to be known by us. Did you ever realize that? That sometimes when we pick up the Bible and we read it and we just doesn't make sense. We say, maybe God doesn't want me to know. That's never true. Pause, read it slowly, read one verse instead of a whole paragraph, a whole chapter. Just take out one verse. Pray and say, God, open my heart, open my mind. And help me to know you. You are a child of God, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. To you is given the mysteries of the kingdom of God. God wants you to understand him and he will surely help you to understand him. And fourth, God has given us, as his children, 
a lot of resources. We talked about being a citizen of Singapore and having all the privileges and the wealth of the nation of Singapore. The riches of the kingdom of heaven are all there for us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse, um, chapter 1, I can't remember which verse, it says, Blessed be the God, Father, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. We have been given a lot of things. We have been given the ability to pray for others. We have been given the ability to minister. We have been given gifts to reach out to people. We don't need the church really to organize. I mean, it would be great if the church organizes outreach programs. But while we are still trying to figure that out, each of you is given the power and the privileges to minister to others where you are in your home, in your workplace, in your neighbourhood. And certainly as you come for church service to the people whom you meet who have needs. Each of us has been blessed with spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We are rich. We are indeed very rich. We must use that wealth for people. People in need of prayer, people in need of ministry, people who need in need of wisdom or of any kind of help God equips us to help people to minister to them that's the privilege of a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and so let's think about each of these first that you have a privilege of reaching the father of knowing the love of the father take full use of that and ask God to help you to experience the true love of our heavenly father secondly you have the privilege of knowing the ways of the kingdom, the customs of this kingdom. Get used, get to know, um, acquaint yourselves with these ways of the kingdom and set your mind on them. Third, the mysteries of the kingdom of God have been revealed to us. Take time to read the Bible and believe that you will know God. And fourth, that you have been given all the blessings in the heavenly places to bless others. Use them. Use them generously to bless others. Paul used his citizenship as a Roman to the greatest, fullest advantage to others. Let us use our citizenship in the kingdom of heaven and also in Singapore the fullest advantage that others may be blessed. Let us pray. Father, help us to know what it means to be a citizen of your kingdom and a child of yours. That Father, as we know the privileges, the customs, the ways, the blessings of being a citizen and a child, we may come boldly into your presence and we may use all that you have given to us, all that has become our birthright, that we may be blessed and we may bless others richly as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in and have a great day. Have a great week. God bless you. Goodbye.